Let's go to the Bible, shall we? And I want to talk today about ministry to families. Let me know families are being under attack. They're in a great attack today. And, uh, and we've got to fight fire with fire with the Word of God. And so if you go to Jude, uh, not Deuteronomy, um, Matthew 28. It sounds like a mission verse, but for us it's going to be a family verse. Because I want to talk today about your family vision. Say, my family's vision. You say, what is my family's vision? And, you know, I just want to raise the kids. I want to keep a roof over their head. I want to help them get through school. I want to keep them clothed, well-fed. And uh, what's your family's vision? Here's, here's what it is biblically, according to the Word. Let's, let's just read it. It says, all authority, this is verse 18, is given unto me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples. Everybody say, make disciples. Make disciples. Say it again, make disciples. Make disciples. Make disciples of all the nations, baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and Lord, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Oh, God in heaven, by the power of the Holy Ghost, make alive this word to us, because it's all about families, Father. And let us grasp what you're saying and shift our priorities in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. Your family vision is this, according to the Word of God, according to this book here. Not the world's book, this book. It said, the raising up of mature disciples of Jesus Christ. Can you say it with me? The raising up. Uh, that's some of you. One, one, two, three. The raising up of mature disciples of Jesus Christ. That is the goal of the family of God. That's the goal. In fact, that should be the goal for your family. And that's the goal of this church. And the first mission field is your family. Your first mission field are your children. And by the way, you don't own them, you're stewards. Well, why don't I own them? Because you didn't create them. Oh, yeah, I did. Believe me. Seriously, whenever you see a baby in your arms, it's a miracle. Mothers go, that came out of me. It's a miracle. God gave you that child. But he gave it for a reason. And the reason is you become a mature disciple of Jesus Christ. That's the number one goal in God's eyes. The world doesn't see it that way. Well, I want my children to be successful in their job. I know why you want that, to get them out of the house to pay their own bills. <laughs> Finally, they're on their own. But I've got news for you. I don't care how old they are. They never leave. <laughs> They'll be back. But we like it that way. <laughs> the point is, there, there is a juxtaposition here. The world's view and God's view. And I want to just speak first to parents. Then I want to speak to the young people. Because we live in a world that's very confused. I just came back from Rodney Howard Brown camp meeting. I met a couple there. They, they minister just outside of Portland, Oregon. Now, Oregon is left of left. He told me that in Portland, they're still burning stuff down. The BLM and Antifa run it. They blackmail businessmen and businesswomen in Portland. You have to pay them a fee so they don't burn your business down. Is lawlessness. And they suck on the weed of wokeism. 
He said, there's a, church, there, there's a school. He said, Pastor, let me give you an, an, an example. A girl in, in school determined of her gender. She was a cat. So she crawls around as a cat and doesn't use the regular bathroom but does her stuff in the halls. So the school in all its wisdom bought her a, a litter box. So help me God. She recently gave a speech in her English class. And her speech went like this. Meow, 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 meow. Meow, 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 meow. And, they, and the teacher gave her an A+. Plus. You, you, you have to understand where the intellectual crowd is going. It's in the scripture, Romans 1. Purporting to be wise, they became fools. In the, when you leave this book, you turn into an idiot. And if you'd have said 20 years ago, we got kids who are thinking they're cats or passing out, he says, they pass out tampons at school for males. Oh, no, no, listen. I can go on and on and on, but I love this man because he's the one that goes face to face. Remember all those things we heard about Antifa and the, and the part? He was the lead pastor. And he said, what's so sad is so many of these kids, you can, you can, you can tell by their language, they have Christian upbringing. They know too much about religion and about the things of the Bible, which is the whole contest. Satan wants our children. That's it. So you have to fight back. And it starts with us as parents. And we have to take this book and say, listen, this is not a book, and you've got to look at church differently. Too many people look at church as an add-on. Uh, one of the many activities we do, and if we have time, we'll squeeze it in. Meantime, hell is loosed. We have all these young kids shot and killed at this elementary school. It's a morality problem. I talked to a teacher on Tampa. We are getting on the plane. She said, I've been for years ministering downtown Tampa to the poor children. He said, it's our greatest joy. She said, I talked about the, the, the school that had a child that wanted to be a cat. She said, no, we're, he said, we're, she wasn't even saved. But she said, no, we fight against that as teachers. We try and instill in our children some form of morality, of right or wrong, because everything comes out of that. But the devil wants to erase all right or wrong. And everything is relativism. But what happens is we sink into the abyss of lawlessness and chaos. But the devil wants it. He wants anarchy because he hates humans. He wants our destruction. So it's not a time to play church. I mean, buck up, buckaroo. This is a time you got to get serious about the things of God and understand that we can come against these forces. But out of Joshua 1.8, it says this. This book of the law, which is the Bible, I can say this Bible, shall not depart from your mouth, meaning that you ought to have it, whatever is in you, you'll speak. Whatever your core belief system, what's, what's inside you, after everything is done, what's in you will come out. So God's saying, listen, I want you to put my word in you so much that what comes out is the word of God. You shall meditate therein day and night. Now, that's intense. Yeah, to meditate in the day and night, he says, pay attention to the book because the book is your only salvation. Can I tell you what? 
This book, this Bible is the only freedom you can ever have on this earth. You understand? It's freedom. Anything that goes away from this book is demonic. That's why be careful when you go to high schools, go to universities. They'll teach you that we became from apes, that your mama was an amoeba. That's what they really believe. And say, this book says that's a lie. This, this, this book says there's male and female. This book comes again against same-sex marriage. This book has a lot to say about your life. This book says you should have one focus and one focus only, Jesus Christ. Well, I like hobbies, and I've got this. I mean, I have a career. Oh, really? It should never come ahead of this. When I left the business world and when I left corporate America, God blessed me in the corporate America. And the Lord called me away. My boss, who never had to think about money, from the day he lived to this day, money was not on his radar at all because his dad was the CEO of the company and he had multiplied millions in the growth account. So he made hundreds of thousands every month with just sitting on a rock. And when he came, when I came to him, said, I'm leaving for the ministry, he said, you're making a big mistake. He started writing on paper the kind of money I can make. He said, you see, you can make this, you can make this, you can make this. Even when I resigned, months later, he called me, you, you want to make this? He kept upping the ante. You want to make this? And at the time, we were struggling. It was tempting. I said, well, now let me see here. <laughs> I had to let it go. But you know what? With all his money, he's retired now. We were talked. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, I reach out for his soul. He said to me just about a month ago, he said, you know, you made the right choice. Because all your money, what do you have? When you die, you get extra big tombstone. What is success anyway? You can't take any of it with you. Parents, the only thing you can take to heaven are your children. The rest you leave behind. So it pays to focus on what God says is important. When I was a missionary's kid, I was, grew up in Africa. Places like Malawi, Swaziland. In Umbabon, Swaziland, the capital. I remember we lived in an old mission house built, God knows. Whitewashed walls, red corrugated tin roof. Rats in that house as big as cats. I remember as a kid, I look up and there'd be a hole on the ceiling and you see these beady eyes looking at you, rats looking at you. I didn't ever see a horror movie. I lived in one. No, I didn't. <laughs> but my grandmother, who's from England, mailed me and my two other brothers, we're in the middle of Africa, a Bible. And in that Bible, she wrote on the front flyleaf, this is the verse. It was Joshua 1.8. Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do all that is written in it. When you do that, you'll make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. My life, I want to just say this to you, as, I, as I, I'm looking at the goalposts of my life, And I look at all the corporate people that I used to hang with. 
successful, made money. The reason they were there, if you are in corporate sales in America, you're there to make a lot of money. What so many of them will come to see me, they realize the purpose outside of God becomes like, why am I doing this? There's futility tied with it, but not with God. So we as parents and we as children, as youth, not speaking to youth, we've got to get a hold of God's purpose for your life. This book has your purpose. It tells you that he made you. It tells you he put you here on the planet. It tells you he knew you before you were born. That he had put a purpose already destined way back in eternity for you. And gave you this book so you can find that purpose and find the fulfillment. And let me say this to you. There's no other fulfillment other than fulfilling what God gave you to do. It doesn't mean we don't want our children to be successful in the business world. It doesn't mean we don't want them to prosper. God wants prosperity. We teach prosperity here. We teach prosperity. Be blessed. Make as much money as you can. Save as much as you can. And give as much as you can. Amen. We are not here to hold you back. Help yourself. But understand this. If you're called to business, be an influencer in the business world and be a paymaster for the kingdom. Amen. Now, where was I? I was talking about the number one goal. The number one goal is to raise up mature disciples. That's got to be in your mind because the world will try and distort it. It'll try to twist it through sports, through business, through education. It'll try water that down. No, 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 I got to do this now. I'll get that later. No, every day, every day, you got to understand this. I've got to raise up a godly family whose goal is to be made the disciple of Jesus Christ. The Bible says, train up a child in where you should go when he's old and not depart from it. I heard this saying, it says, it's hard to train a child in the way they should go when you don't go there yourself. You know, it's the truth. It's the truth. The only book, this book, our morality for Western civilization is found in this book. God himself spoke these words, the God who made the universe, who made the earth and made you. In Exodus 19, from the top of Mount Sinai, under the lightning and the fire and the trembling of that ground and the shaking of the earth, and his voice boomed down to the Israelites, two to three million people, and he gave the word of God. He said, you shall have no other God before you. What does that mean in our world today? It says you will focus on eternity and realize you're only here for a little while. Number two, you'll have no graven image set before you. You won't set before you material things and other things of, of, of this world, relationships and, and fame and all the things that's, that the world holds out to you. Be this, be this. He says, you won't do that. You focus on God. The Bible says, you shall not lie. What does it say? Always tell the truth. The Bible says, you shall not commit adultery. What does that mean? Learn to be sexually disciplined. Amen. You shall not steal. What does that mean? Earn your own way. Thou shalt not covet your neighbors goes on through. Thou shalt not covet. Be grateful and thankful what you have. Could try to take somebody else's. Those rules that God laid out are for every culture, for every nation, for all time. You got to get them embedded deep inside you. Especially sexual discipline. Well, God will forgive you. Yeah, he'll forgive you. 
But let me tell you, you sow bad seed. Demons operate when you break the law of God. If you're a Christian, the demons will come. They'll confuse your mind. You're not smarter than God. People amaze me. Oh, I know I'm not smarter than God, but you act like you're smarter than God. You think you know more than God. Like God created the church. Like we're a family. This is a family of believers. We're not the building. We're the, we're the relationships that we have. And my relationships with my brothers and sisters in Christ is far greater than my relationship with my natural family. It's the absolute truth. My natural family can be flaky. Not all the time, but sometimes they flake out, if you know what I mean. <sighs> I love my family, though. Good for Thanksgiving and maybe some Christmases. But after that, thank you for the family of God. <laughs> but we're a family. And God puts great importance on the family. People treat the family of God like they could take it or leave it. But when you understand that only in the family of God can you receive that strength and that energy and that protection that you cannot get on your own. And everybody thinks, well, I'd be good. You know, we're the proverbial frog in the boiling pot. They put the frog in the water. It's swimming around there. You start turning up the heat. That frog says, let's get a little toasty in here, but it's okay. Then it gets more toasty. And then I'm smelling some burnt frog here. Well, I wonder who that is. It's you, you dummy. It's you. You're being cooked. You're being cooked. The devil will take you outside the church. So many people think they're above the church. You're not above the church. You're not that good and you're not that smart. You're not, no, no, I got it. I know, I'm saved. I'm okay. I'm saved. Well, for now you are. But let me just say this to you. The devil's been around thousands of years. He knows how to real fish in. I have respect for the devil. I hate his guts, but I have respect for him. I know outside this word, he can deceive me. Outside this word and outside the family of God, he can pull me down a line where I don't want to go. You and I both know people that one time were in church, love God. Where are they today? They're no longer with God. Well, I'd be saved. Are you really? I tell you what, I fear God too much. One day I'll stand before the throne of Almighty God and have given account for my life. And I fear him too much. And the account will be this. What did you do with my son Jesus? How did you live your life for him? What was your life about? Well, I, my, my, well, my life was about my business, my career. My life was about my 401k. My, my life was about my family. Well, wait a minute, whoa, whoa. That was not, it was not about that. Well, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, it was right here. Your life is not your own. If you're born again, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, you are a temple of the Holy Spirit. You are a house of God. God lives in you. And God paid an awful price to get you where you are. And therefore, you're not your own. I mean, you're not your own property. God has a right to you. He has a right to your life. He has a right to tell you what you need to do. Well, I'm my own man. I can do what I want. No, no, no. That's where you get it wrong. That's called rebellion. When you speak against God, you're not that smart. The devil will try and tell you, yeah, you are. Look at, look, at, look at your talent, especially young, young people. Look at talented you are. Look how pretty you are. Look how good you are. Look at this. Man, you got it made. You got, no, 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 no. The devil's done it a million times. There are too many people in hell today that never planned to be there. Who plans for hell? Where are you going? Hell. 
Most people you meet on the street, you ask them, are you going to hell or heaven? They're not sure. sure. 70%, 70 they're not sure. Here's what they say. I hope so. No one says, I want to go to hell. But you need to respect God more and respect hell more. Now understand that God is showing mercy to you, you and I. But I want to get on the other side. I want to get to the side where, you know what? I'm taking the stick the devil's been beating with me with all my life and take it off his hand and start beating him with it. I'm going to beat, I'm going to beat the stick with obedience to the word of God and begin to sell out to what God says is important. The time is too short to play. We ain't got time to play. If ever there was a day, you need to pick it up. Stay focused. Listen to the Holy Ghost. Because really, it's all about raising up godly men and women that have a fellowship with the Holy Ghost, know how to walk in faith and obedience to the Word. So I hear about one of our members has a child. His name is Ben Diaguera. He's 18. Mid-service, he came, near tears. He said, you know what? My wife and I gave our son, Ben, to God. He's gone for three months, maybe four months. Actually, my son called me from Africa. They were Daniel DeToy, 22-year-old. 300,000 people they're seeing in a giant crusade. They're all young people. It's unprecedented. Why? End times. He said the anointing on him is so powerful, he's at another level. He said he's seeing blind eyes open. He's seeing deaf ears. He said he's 18. He said he's seeing more miracles than people have been in the ministry for 50 years. I said, yeah, because they're standing. The young people are standing on our shoulders. And they'll reach far higher than we've ever gone. But that's okay. We cheer them on. Don't get jealous. That's stupid. Don't get jealous. Just say go, 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 go. You have to get this. It's wrapping up, folks. It's shutting down. This is it. This is it. So we have to keep the vision. What's the vision of your family? Raise up mature disciples of Jesus Christ. Period. That's it. Well, let's talk about this. As, and how do we go about this? He says there are many things that will help us. Discipline and discipleship are connected. In the Latin, it means to learn. How many know that if you're going to be good in life, you have to discipline yourself? Amen? You have to discipline how you eat. You can't eat everything that's in front of you. Amen? That's why it's good to live a fasted life. Hey, what's a fasted life? You just, food becomes not important to you. You eat to live. You don't live to eat. Does that make sense? Now, a lot of this stuff, this fast food stuff, you just want to... I talked to the head of the National Health from England, Great Britain. We're on the plane together. He said, I've been studying Africa for 10 years. Africa, Matt, everyone's like you. Thin, lithe, quick. 
But he says, I'm watching fast foods. I've been studying it 10 years. As fast foods end up in South Africa, other places start bringing in Kentucky Fried Chicken. They bring in McDonald's, Burger King. And bring all those things in. And now it's fast food. And I'm watching obesity loosed in Africa. Africans, they were always slim, trim, now are becoming obese. You can't eat what they show you you need to eat. Does that make sense? I want to get into it. Later, I want to do a seminar, and I want to talk about, listen, how to eat healthy. Amen. Amen. No, don't shout me down. It got quiet. (laughs) got really quiet. I'm not saying you never have a McDonald's burger, but just balance it out. Some people I know, they, their whole diet is fast food. I didn't mean to go down there, but maybe somebody needed it. And so we need to understand you got you to gotta know God. You got to teach your children to know God personally and develop a hunger for God. But for them to have a hunger for God, you got to have a hunger for God. You got to put that on the inside of you. And the Bible talks about this in Galatians 5. It's faith working by love. You know, here's the wonderful balance you got to work with the, in your family, raising children. It's faith worked by love. The atmosphere of love has to be in the home. Do we need to have boundaries? Absolutely. Do we need to set expectations? Yes. But you need to do it in a, in a positive atmosphere. I know some parents, they've got, they're so full of rules, they're always lecturing their children. I just cringe. Oh, God, no. Learn to communicate with your child. Learn, learn them to hear your heart. And you're not perfect. Tell your kids you're not perfect. Have you ever repented to your kid for being stupid? When was the last time you told your child, I, was a, I did a dumb thing. I said something I shouldn't have said. I did something I shouldn't have done. How many of you have ever have you experienced that? Please, you need to do that. Because those kids are not stupid. They read you, hey, they're saying something, but they don't live it. You know what that's called? A hypocrite. That's what got, Jesus got more upset with hypocrites in the church than anything else. When you claim to be something, how spiritual you are when you're not, that'll get God mad. It'll get your kids upset. They will leave the church over hypocrisy. But if you're real and you're honest and you're straight, they'll start to listen. But you need to set the rules. But it has to be faith because we have to speak the things that be not as though they were. You cannot talk out of your mouth of what you're seeing. I tell you what, you ugly thing, no, you'll, you'll never come to anything. Or you, get, you, you, you speak out of your anger where your kids are. Don't ever do that. Speak where they're going. You are a great man of God. That's who you are. You will share the word of God. You are a leader in the church. You are going to be grateful, God. Surround them with faith. Is there correction? Yes, there's correction. But it should be in a positive atmosphere. Maybe instead of showing the problem, show the solution. Let me show you how you can fix this in Jesus' name. I remember my mother would talk to me. I was thinking about this. She would speak about what I didn't always want to hear. You will be a preacher one day. No, wait, 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 wait. You're going to share the word of God. You've got to be in a place. Mom and dad, create a positive atmosphere in your home. Speak words of grace. Now, when they're young, you set the rules. You make sure they understand them. And then you bring correction. 
when they don't do it. The Bible says, spare the rod, spoil the child. Well, defects, defects it. Relax. We're not drawing blood, but let me say something. This, bam, drives out, bam, demons. They have to have some repercussion in Jesus' name. And then you go right back to affirm them. I learned this with my dog, this trainer. He says, listen, you got to be careful how you treat your dog. You go, stop, down, and whenever they do it, you give them a little tidbit, say, good. Our dog's name is Cassie. Good Cassie, good Cassie. Always reward them. It's the same with children. You got to award them, affirm them, let them feel that they're valued and loved. But you know what parents do? They'll sacrifice discipline for peace. I just want peace in the home. No, sometimes you need to go through world war in your home, and then peace will come when your kids are trained to do what they're called to do. Amen. And I'm telling you what, it's the truth. So, but when they get older, the older they get, you shouldn't be whacking your 13-year-old, 14-year-old. Now you're going to go the other way because they'll get rebellion in them. And rebellion is somebody kicking against authority. And we have that spirit to want to rebel. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And you got to walk this fine line between justice and mercy. And you got to ask for wisdom. You got to ask wisdom. But you got to ask God, God, Brother Hagen had a, a lady said, I have a 14, I had a 15-year-old. He won't go to church. He's just doesn't want anything to do with church. And I get on all the time. You need to be in church. 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 And the more I say it, he just, just, I don't want to go to church. She's a single mom. And Brother Hagen said, you know what you should do? Quit nagging him. Love him. And say, I believe you're going to church. It's all going to be great. He said, it took uh, several months. But one day the young boy said, Mama, I want to go to church today. She said, what? <laughs> I want to go to church today. Because she just, it's faith that works through love. Does that make sense? So the boy came to church the first time he ever come to church. He said, you know, Mom, I want to go to church tonight. She said, you do? Yeah. That young boy went to church that night, gave his heart to Jesus Christ. And you know what? He turned into a firebrand for Christ. He wasn't just a just save, thank you, sit down. He got on fire. I tell you this, we've got to speak over what your child wants to be. Faith calls those things which be not as though they were. You speak over your children. Believe God for your children. No matter how wayward they seem, they're going. And many of you are single moms. you got kids that are out there. You know what you begin? You live a life of set apart for God. You. Amen. I've had many of a mother come to me and say, you know, I'm going to camp. I'm going to camp because I have a wayward child. And I'm doing this to sow to God that I can receive my child back again. It's a good thing to do. I'm sowing. But something else happens. Your children watch you. They watch you. I'm very much aware that people are watching me as a pastor. Uh, that's why I always want to be sure that I'm dressed appropriately. Seriously, my kids know this. I won't come out of the bedroom until I had my shower and I'm all, sh 
I mean, some people come up with their heads sticking up on end and they got, you know, PJs sideways and stumble on down, one eye open, where's the coffee? That will not be in my house. In fact, they decry me. I said, come on down, it's Christmas, we're all down here. I said, I gotta get prepared. Because you never know, one phone call, I gotta go to a hospital. One phone call, someone's at my door. And it's amazing, I can be driving around, and I'm, I'm thinking about myself, I hear these words behind me, Pastor! How'd you know I was here? But you can be anywhere. In the grocery store. I mean, I'll be driving down the road. A car pulls up. Pastor. They come out of the trunk sometimes. I don't know where they are. But I have to be aware as a pastor that I have to dress appropriately. And that here's the deal. I'm being watched. They are watching me. They are watching my wife. They're watching my kids. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Just check it. Because you have to model it. You have to model. And as a parent, you've got to model hunger for God. As a parent, you've got to show yourself that you're real. And Brother Hagin said this, which I believe to be so true. He said, I can watch families. I can tell exactly how the kids are going to turn out. He said, a mom or dad or a mom, your single mom or single dad raising a child, if you operate the word, and one of the things to operate the word is, that you, have, that you have time alone with God every day. This God thing is not just a side issue. It's the most important part of your life. Church is not an option. It's not a fifth wheel in a car. Do you understand that? When you diminish the value of church, you're telling God, you know, God, I know more than you do. Hebrews 10.25, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, and especially such as you see the time is, and today is that time. Tough times. When you model it, my parents, we, I don't remember a time we even missed church. We were going to church. Period. I just grew up that way. Well, I don't quite feel it. It's too bad. Suck it up. I mean, my dad was, if you're raised in a British private school with all, he told me what they had to go through. I said, Lord, have mercy. I don't know if I could have survived it. But, you know, you ever wonder how a little tiny island like England became an empire of the world? How that happened? Part of it was they, they instilled discipline in children to a high degree. High degree. They didn't want to hear you crying. They didn't want to hear your sorry story. You just did it. What it did, it put a resolve and it strengthened the people. Does that make sense? And so, but God wants that same thing in us where we say, you know what? I don't check on my emotions whether I should go to church. I don't even check with other people. Sometimes your relatives can be your own worst enemy. Well, sweetheart, I know. No, forget the sweetheart. Just show up for God. Amen. And I tell you, these last days, you young people, you may have to lead your parents. Because sometimes parents get lazy. And they get away from God. Let a pot, and a, the Bible says a little child shall lead them. Sometimes your children can help you. Do you know that? Listen to your children sometimes. They got wisdom. My own son one time, I was driving back from church. This is early on, and I was under my breath. It was just him and I. My son's in the front seat. He's like 10, and, I'm, and I was muttering under my breath. You have to be a family member to pick up the mutterings. He said, Dad, I heard what you said. 
I mean, you were, you were coming against yourself a little bit. You were, you kind of running yourself down. He said, dad, you shouldn't do that. That's not right. From a child, I felt, <laughs> I said, oh, you know, son, you're right. Dad receives the admonishment. I will never do that again. I never have done this yet. But it took a little kid to come out with me and tell me, you need some correction, Dad. But the point is this. Parents, your goal is to raise up men and women who are mature disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. And everybody said, said, amen. Amen, amen and amen. And so I want to go on to now to, your, to the young people. Young people, listen to me. Let me tell you the definition of an adult. You want to hear it? An adult is someone who is fully capable of taking responsibility for themselves and who fully accept that responsibility. I take care of myself. That's a full adult. A child always remains dependent on others and blames others for their emotions and their successes or failures. There are many, quote, adults who still act like children. An adult is no longer a child. And the spirit, Scripture admonishes us out of 1 Corinthians 3. He said, don't be like little babes, always wanting the milk. He said, receive the meat. What is the meat? The meat is sometimes correction. But he said, they're unable to receive it, therefore they stay babes. If anybody corrects you, bless God, you can't tell me, you know who I am, pride comes up. You can't tell them a thing. They know so much. You got to understand this, that to grow up, you got to be able to understand who you are in God, and you got to take correction for the Holy Ghost, and perhaps other, other people in, in the Holy Ghost. Amen? Can I tell you why I don't like counseling? You come to me, you sit across the table, you use my time, and I'm here, I'm here to love you. I listen to you. I give you what Scripture says. You go out the door, and you jolly well do what you want to do anyway. So for me, it's like a waste of time. If I give you the word, but you don't do it, all you wanted me to do was agree with you and somehow make your guilt go away and said you're okay, when really I have to give you the word. The word says you got to forgive. The word says you got to walk in love. The word says you better, <laughs> you better maybe push a little bit harder for what God's trying to give you. You've got a part to play. Say, I'm responsible. You see, that's why hurt feelings and blaming people, that's a child. You are responsible for you. We must grow up in this. Don't blame, but they, they just said this. No, it's how you react. Are you going to let someone else talk to you and you're going to go have a tank day? I'm an adult. Now, listen, young people, understand this. I'm going to tell you because maybe somebody else won't. There are demons out there. There are demons out there that hate your guts. There are demons out there that will land on your shoulder and speak to your mind and say it's you. They will talk to your head. Do you understand that? Demons will talk to your head. And they will say blah, 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 blah. You must understand. Jesus said the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is within you. How? The Holy Ghost is in you. And he said, the kingdom has come. It's now upon you. It's in you. 
And he told Peter, Matthew 16, I give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound on heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. What's he saying? What's, what's in heaven? Well, in heaven there's healing, there's peace, there's joy. If you don't have that down here, bind it. You have a key to bind that thing. Lock up sorrow. Lock up pain. Lock up brokenness. It's on your watch in Jesus' name. You young people got to understand that. Uh, yeah, that depression, lock it up. Learn how to bind the devil and say, get out of my life in Jesus' name. That oppressive, that suicide spirit, out in Jesus' name. You got to understand there's an enemy who wants to shut down your destiny. You say, no, not to me, devil. I know too much. I know I've been delivered from the power of darkness and transferred into the kingdom of the son of his love. I know who I am in Jesus' name. Get off the bus in Jesus' name. People walk around so confused. I'm just so confused. Then you got the school helping them. What gender are you? Do you know what gender you are? Are you a cat? What are you? Who am I? I can tell you who you are. You're a child of almighty God. That's who you are. And you see, God's given you a purpose. This is amazing to me that God understood you before you were even born. Ah, what's that about? And so really, the <sighs> let me read you some things out of the Passion. I love this. Is everybody still with me? Yeah. Out of Romans 12, 1 and 2. It says, I encourage you to surround, so to surrender yourselves to God. Surrender yourselves to God. To be sacred, living sacrifices living sacrifices, and living holiness. Now, let's stop right there. A sacrifice is something you give when uh, you'd rather keep it. A sacrifice means that you have to live a life of service to God. Let me explain to you. Young people, listen to me. In a nutshell, Christianity is about giving your life away. That's it. In a world that's about me, myself, and I. The Bible is 100% against it. It's about you surrendering to Christ. And when Jesus said, you wanna, if you love me, you'll serve me. Peter said, Jesus, you know I love you. John 21. Jesus said, Peter, do you love me? You're the one that denied me three times. Three times you said, Peter, do you love me? I love you, Jesus. Feed my lambs. Peter, do you love me? I love you, Lord. Tend my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Lord, agreed to the said, Lord, agreed. Oh, you know I love you. Take care of my flock. If you love him, you'll serve him. And how do you serve him? You give your life away from others. That's what it's about. It's not about what you get. It's about what you give. It's what you give. A disciple is one who follows Jesus and says, Jesus, I want to be just like you. You want to be just like me? Yeah. Then you've got to surrender your life to me. Take your hands off your life. Not easy to do. Both hands up. Say, Jesus, I'm yours. Use my life. For your glory. Whew. Young people, you need to get it quickly. Some of the adults, we've taken decades to figure that out. Running off cliffs, getting into pits, 
Avoid all those traps. Just decide, I'm 100% yours, Jesus. Use my life for your glory. That's it. That's it. Don't get it complicated. Don't complicate it. Don't. What, what is the vision of your family? The vision of your family is to raise the mature disciples of Jesus Christ. That's it. Therefore, parents, listen to me. The decisions you make. Well, education, housing, transportation. How does it line up with what God says? Make disciples. These camps we have for kids are not for recreation. Therefore, character change. We fast, we pray. In fusion camp, I can't tell you how often God has touched people. Little, I'm not little, back then he was little, about 10 or 12. Ben Diaguera, I remember the day I was there because I go minister there. Myself, I minister there. They're just little kids. I don't care because pretty soon they're going to be big adults. I prophesied to him. You'll shake nations. I prophesied. I mean, I don't know, man, this guy is just little kid, hi, hi. I said, you'll shake nations. He went out in the spirit. God spoke to him. Today he's 18. He's going for it. I've had other people come tell me, my life has changed at Fusion Camp. Why? You give an opportunity for the Holy Ghost to move. You know why we have our diverge way up in the mountains? Because there's no internet there. The phone doesn't work. But we've seen one people, I mean, you mind if I use you, Kadisha? I don't want to just, but Kadisha, 14, beautiful family. But you know, the devil was just pulling her with friends and the world away from God. Didn't want to be in church. Wasn't the nicest to her family or sister in particular. But she went to diverge. And in one meeting, God touched her. She did a 180. When she came off the mountain, she had the eye of a tiger. She's going for Jesus. Right today, she's one of the major influences for Christ in her high school. I'm going to tell you this. She, about two months ago, that's why I'm throwing them up there. Right there, up in the tent, she preached one night. I mean... She preached heaven down and hell out the door. I, I, I mean, I, I sat there amazed. I said, here was a young girl, one year away, earlier, rebellious, wanted to leave God, leave the church. But today, she's a firebrand. And she, as she's preaching, she, she, she said, I know my calling. I'm called to be an evangelist. You see, if you make God's vision your vision, the goal of your family it's a raise of mature disciples of Jesus Christ. When a diverge is offered you, if you got to hawk the house, get them in there. If you got to believe God, say, God, I'm signing up. I don't know how many pay for it. We have many businessmen that help supplement. Don't let money be the reason. You know, I raised my kids up. I pushed my kids. I gave them no easy pass. From this high, missions. 
need, you need to get your children missions. Why? They need to see how other people live. They need to see where people maybe have one meal a day, where they have to, where they have to walk for miles and where they have to just the, what they have to endure. And it will enlarge their heart when they realize, I have it easy. I've been so blessed. Missions will change your child. Missions will get their mind off of you themselves. Does that make sense? Missions. And then, like, I just grew up going to conferences. My parents would go to spiritual conferences. So I grew up with my family. My mom and dad always served. They were the leaders in the church, always serving, always going. I just, that's all I know. But my kids didn't get there by accident. Sometimes you got to cast devils out of children. Chris ain't here, so I can really elaborate now. <laughs> Pastor Chris, when he was growing up, you ever heard of the strong-willed child? That kid was strong-willed times two. My wife would sometimes go, I can't take this kid. He does everything wrong, everything. He had a nickname in church. They called him Bam Bam. <laughs> I remember I had a glass, like it looked like a glass pulpit, which I designed. It was beautiful. It was at our church. I was associate pastor. And there was a strict rule. No one on the, no one on the platform or no one next to the glass pulpit. And I'm ministering to people after the service. And someone says, oh, look at your kid. I turn around. Chris is inside the glass pulpit. <laughs> Hands in there. He's got his face and mouth against the, the glass. I'm looking. I'm saying, No. Bring Bam Bam to me. <laughs> Finally, I told my wife, I said, you know what? This kid may have a devil because he's so rebellious. And you know what we say in this church? When in doubt, cast out. I said, my wife and I went, we cast the devil out. We said, you foul devil of rebellion. You stiff-necked demon attaching to my kid. Come out of him in Jesus' name. He looked up like this. You know what? His behavior changed. Literally, his behavior changed. I remember in my brother's house, they had a, they, what, what an appropriate time to come in. You see, his behavior changed. My brother's, my brother, and one of their children was spoiled rotten. This kid was a little screamer. Squally was like one. Wah! Always screaming. They had a missionary couple in their church. They woke up at 2 o'clock in the morning with the kid screaming. Yeah! The missionary gets out. This is my own in-laws telling me the story. What's going on? Oh, it's little, you know, little Marky just acts up little sweetheart. The guy goes, what? It's from the missionary. He said, give me your kid. He said, you foul demons of hell. The mother's going, what? <laughs> you foul demons of hell. In Jesus' name, come out of him. The kid instantly went, ah. <laughs> mom broke into tears. The mom of the baby, I'm sorry. Demons will attack kids. They'll, listen, they'll invade your family. Do you understand that? You got, as young people, understand what it's about. Do you understand that? You're a spiritual being. If you're born again, God's spirit lives in you. And by the way, he owns you. 
And he wants you to surrender your life completely to him. Oh, I'm not finished the scripture because I got to go. So do you. It says, stop imitating the ideals and the opinions of the culture around you. But be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfy, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. The only way to live is you got to push the accelerator for Jesus down to the floorboard. The Bible says, Paul says out of Philippians 3, 12, not that I've already tamed, not that I've already apprehended, but I press on. The word press is, is dioko. Dioko. What does dioko mean? Dioko mean is to speed forward. It's, to, it's like I had a friend named Kenneth Carter. He was late. He had a big black car. And I'm coming down the highway on Sandy Plains. And this black car, I watched him out of my window, is coming faster like a, like, like a bat out of hell. And I, I, I thought, it's the cops. I mean, who would be going that fast? And he came whoa, up to me. He rolls down the window. It's Ken Carter. Gives me a peace sign and he just takes off. And I'm into speed, but not that kind of speed. Because you could get stopped for that kind of speed. But he had to get there. And he was speeding. But you know what? That's how God wants us to live. Speeding to more of him. Pressing for more of him. Never think you've attained. There's another level to go to. Another place of faith. Another place of fire. Another place of hunger. You got to press in for more of God. In Jesus' name. And in these last days, that's the only way to live. You gotta live that way. Don't just be, well, I'm just putting on cruise. I'm just gonna come every now and again. I don't want to overdo this Christian thing. Let me tell you what. I fear God too much. I also respect the devil too much. Because it ain't over till it's over. Do you understand me? So it's serious. And last, we need to be a family. Can I say this? We need to have each other's back. In your own family, have each other's back. You love each other, but you challenge each other, and you help each other. And in this house, this is the family of God. Where we embrace you. You single moms, keep your child in church. Keep your child in church. Keep your child in church. If you can't get here, I'll find a way to get you. But yourself, stay in the house. Let God keep touching you. Just stay. Get downloads from God. Knock off doubt. Knock off unbelief. Burn up rebellion. Stiff-neckedness. You just come. Come hungry. Come thirsty. I've got to have you, Jesus. I want to be that mature disciple you can look to. Use my life to bless humanity, to free humanity with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You're coming soon. I want to make my life count. I want my children to count. 
So at this house, I have one goal, raise up champions. Raise up champions. Raise up leaders in Jesus' name. And don't quit. Every one of you got a calling. Every one of you got a purpose. Every one of you got an anointing. But you got to play by God's rules. Understand there's only one vision. Forget your other visions. They're ungodly. One vision that your family and your children become mature disciples of Jesus Christ. That's from heaven. The rest is from hell. Amen. Amen. Bow your heads with me. Let's pray.